Welcome to the Best Things Podcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to follow us on all the socials at Best Things Pod as well. Now, here are your hosts, Craig and Aaron. Hello, Internet. Welcome into the Best Things Podcast. My name is Craig. Sitting next to me, as always, is Aaron Brooks. Happy November, Aaron. We're here. We're here. Oh. According to you. <laughs> yeah. I think people, you wonder if people are getting tired of us talking about this topic. I don't think so. The months, the fall. Uh, Can you tell we like the fall and the, and the holiday season? My goodness. It's the best. We are. It is the best. Uh, but we're here. Uh, we've made it. The end of the year is nigh. And uh, hopefully you're having a great, great day, a great week. Uh, maybe you're listening to this and it's the beginning of the year. That's also a possibility. Oh, yeah. You were so busy during yeah. the last couple months of the year that you put us on hold. Yeah. And now you're just catching up. Well, welcome. Welcome into the podcast. We're yeah. glad you're here. Uh, listen, you know, we don't, we don't ever do this enough, but like, let's, let's talk to the new people. Like if you're listening to this for the first time, then welcome into the best things universe. Uh, we've got a lot of different variants that are floating around, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking what about. This is like Loki. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, so yeah, it's just, it's me and Aaron and we talk about stuff, rant, the most random topics that you can think of, but it's topics that are important to you. It's things that you didn't know you needed to know which one was the best at. And we in. we have both claimed at at different times that we feel like we both have a pretty good uh, base of useless knowledge built up. Yeah, and there has to be an outlet for that. <laughs> That's true. Our wives don't necessarily appreciate it all the time, no. like you do. Yeah, you're you're listening and watching because you care about what we have to say, and we we thank you for that. I get asked all the time, like, "What? Why did you guys?" how did you guys get started and why did you guys start doing your podcast? I'm like, dude, like these were just conversations we were already just having. I, I told somebody that last week. They were like, so how did you, how did you guys figure out how to do that? And I'm like, I don't know. I said, we rode around in a vehicle years ago for many hours and would argue and discuss things. And so a lot of yeah. this is just, you know, it's very natural. It's very, they were like, you guys really, uh, you know, it seems natural when you're talking. It doesn't feel forced. I'm like, ah, it's it's not. This yeah. is just this is what we do when we were off camera. We're like, you know what? People want to hear this. Yeah, a lot of our episodes are based on text conversations, yep. the lists we send each other, yep. saying, "Hey, this should be," you know. So, so if you want to know what our lives are like, <laughs> we live this all the time, all the time. And uh, today, oh boy, this one is. Uh, we've been excited for Woo! this one for a while. This is definitely one of those things we live. Eat and breathe. It has been on the idea board for uh, a couple of months. Uh, it has, and we are we're excited to bring it to you. You already know what it is because you you probably snuck a peek at the episode title. Uh, we're talking about cows. We're talking about beef. Yeah. We're talking about bull. Uh, man, I love beef, and uh, we've got we've got some clips here to kind of set up. To give you give you a vibe of, of what we're doing with here. We, this is this one is iconic. Where's the beef? Where's the beef? give you a lot less beef. From the I guess it was eighties. Uh, the Wendy's commercial from the eighties. Where's the beef? Yeah. Uh, I just I watched the whole commercial and it's 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 hilarious. I mean, I, there's a reason it was a great campaign. I remember as a kid, 
in the late 90s, early 2000s, I would watch a lot of old shows on TV land, and yeah. a lot of times they would run retro commercials. Oh, yeah, yeah. And this would be one of them. Yeah. Uh, that old I love so the Where's the Beef yeah. commercial. Of course, this one in the 90s was also great. You can have a great beef dinner in no time at all. Well, almost no time at all. Beef. It's what's for dinner. Oh, man, that lives rent-free in my head from the 90s, man. Yeah, that was does. always on. Uh, and then uh, I think Sam Elliott has taken over that spot. Are they still doing it? I, I feel like they have. That's good. Beef. He sounds... He, what's, he fits the mold. Perfect for it. Uh, so we're talking about beef. We're talking about... Uh, there's a lot of stuff to cover here. So uh, we're, we're going to give a lot of our opinions, our favorite... Liz- Hacks. We always love talking about food. That's one of those things that we just love to talk about. We're both foodies, and uh, beef is one of those things, man. Uh, we I think we both grew up on it, eating it all the time, different ways of having it, creative ways of having it, and we live in a world where there's just a lot of resource around it now. So, all right, I can't wait anymore. Let's go ahead and let's dive into it. Before we figure out which one's the best thing, we have to talk about all the things. It's time for... The thing about the things. Okay. Um, now you said right before we hit record on this, <laughs> because we we behind the scenes here we record as often as we can. We try to record multiple episodes at a time, and so for us, like we just got done doing a Halloween episode, and cookies is one episode away from being a bestie for the resty and the minute that episode when we hit uh we finished hitting record aaron said what uh that my prediction is cookies does not make our bestie for the resty hall of fame <laughs> their their dominant reign ends this week and uh it makes me a little sad it in, does. In, in a way but when I think about what could replace it, <laughs> I'm like, oh boy. oh, boy, that's going all the way. There are probably a few things that will make the bracket that could probably take out cookies, don't you think? <laughs> There's probably yeah. not just one. Yeah. There's probably a handful of them. Uh, it, it, it almost doesn't feel like a fair fight. <laughs> it's really not. Uh, which, if, if you remember, uh, a few weeks ago, Aaron thought that chocolate chip cookies would run the table. He thought it would go five straight. I did. We did not anticipate beef coming up on episode four of its reign, but here we are. I mean, we could have rigged this (laughs) where it went, but that's not what we do. We We don't rig things. We could have done vegetables today. (laughs) I know. Like, kale. Is kale going to take out chocolate chip cookies? Ooh. No. No, it's not. What are we going to do? We're going to throw beef up against chocolate chip cookies. We're going to, we're going to, you know. This is this is like the NCAA tournament. Everybody gets everybody's best shot, and just the chips fall, the chocolate chips fall as they may. The chocolate chip cookies are a one seed. There is 100%. no doubt they're going up against another. This is a final four matchup. This, this is a sure. national championship matchup. That's true, you know it's that big. Yeah. Okay. So the way we like to do stuff here is we like to take a list we found off the internet, and we kind of we use that as a base to kind of guide the episode. And so today, uh, a very popular website that I know all of you have heard of before, clovermeadowsbeef.com. <laughs> it's one of my favorite websites. Yeah, uh, we've totally wa- 
visited this site before today. Uh, no, we're we're just using this as a guide to kind of show. They 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 go through how many different ways? Four, seven, seven, seven different yeah. ways to cook beef. So we're just kind of using this as a guide and saying, okay, let's 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 use this and figure out. Uh, yeah, it, what types of beef we can talk? It's to just from. going to to steer us down this uh, old cattle trail, you might say. Give us the first method. Uh, well, it's sort of a combo method here. Yeah, that they discuss, and that's uh, braising and stewing beef. Yeah, and if you're not a foodie, I hope by the end of today's episode, oh yeah, we have set you out on a journey. It's an educational podcast. We want yeah. you to we want you to know some stuff. Sometimes I feel like we just have fun. <laughs> but today no fun. <laughs> no fun. This is this is all about education. Yeah. Uh and you're going to leave here and you're going to you're going to be, you know what? I want some beef for dinner tonight. You know, there's a we've we've talked on this this pod before like there there are so many things that I think we grew up with our our parents grew up with eating that that have a a bad rep or something like that, or there was just not as much of a foodie culture as there is now. No, and braising and stewing are, is one of those things. Like the the kid version of Craig hears stew and braise and thinks, "Oh man, this is going to be overcooked, or it's going to be you know, it's going to be mushy or something like that." These two things can be done beautifully and lots of flavor. And I think both of these methods are gaining in popularity once again 100%. as people are embracing a yeah. food culture. Uh, I want I want everybody to prepare themselves for a word. Uh, you may want to plug your ears if you hear this, <laughs> as I know this can kind of cause some people to cringe, but when we talk about braising and stewing beef, these are um, moist. <laughs> These are, these are, that's the best way it, to describe it. You're, you're cooking with liquid here. Yeah. Okay. Um, and these can be very easy ways to cook beef. If you don't have a lot yeah. of time and you're very busy, this is a very hands-off method that you can use to cook beef. And this was one of the reasons why I think so many uh, families have it with, with kids, because it's an easy thing. You put it on in the morning, yep. and by the time dinner rolls around, it's ready to go. Crock pot, instant pot. Yeah. It's it's built for these, but I also think way back in the day, you know, they were also you know, this is pre us obviously pre our parents even they were they were doing this to cook out the bacteria and cook out things that that could could harm them. You're talking depression era. There, a lot of these recipes probably came from depression era stuff, and so they're they're overcooking it. They are they're taking it way past where it needs to be. They're taking it into well done beef. Where some of these things don't need to go that far, and you can get better quality bites out of the dishes. And something else that one of the things I think that makes braising and stewing beef uh, a popular method is that you don't have to break the bank on buying a cut of beef. It's true because you what you are doing this is built for taking tough pieces of meat uh-huh. and making them more tender. Yeah, so you know. I can't afford a filet mignon. You don't need a filet mignon. Go, go. A lot of times the butchers will take these tough cuts. Mm-hmm. They know these are yeah. some of the prime pieces of meat that they want right. to save because they're going to, they're going to, you know, do this to it. And it's funny how, you know, in our foodie culture that we live in today, some of these that used to be considered the lesser cuts of beef are now like sought after. Like you can do so much with them and they're, they're 
they're high quality and they're delicious. Well, for an example, and we're going to talk about it later, but burnt ends, which come off of the brisket, right? Those used to be pieces of meat that were given away yeah. at restaurants. And yeah. Now, if you go buy brisket and you go somewhere and you're looking to get burnt ends, it's become such a phenomenon that you're going to pay top dollar for what was right a very you know uncared for piece of uh-huh. you know steak. So some of the cuts that that are often used when it comes to uh, braising and stewing, you're ta- you're talking brisket. Okay, so we we often think of brisket usually in barbecue. Yep. But brisket was probably you know best known for a long time, especially in in different cultures. Uh, the Jewish culture, for example, exactly. Yeah, they do a lot of uh, braised uh-huh. brisket. You know, cook it in the oven. Uh, short ribs. Oh man, I love braised short ribs. That's- I was I was at the store the other day, and there was a pack of beef short ribs there that they were just screaming at me. <laughs> Like, take me home. They're so good. That has become Lauren and I's one of our go-to. If we want to have a nice home-cooked meal, I will sit there and we'll braise short ribs for the day. And, man, they're just good. Braised short ribs. This is a dish that is insanely good. It's a braised short rib with, like, a a cola reduction sauce. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. With some cheesy... Polenta Polenta. or grits. I love polenta. Lauren likes mashed potatoes. Also great. Fantastic. Yeah. you you do that with some maybe some roasted Brussels or something. Yeah. And I mean you're talking a fine dining fifty dollar plate. Oh yeah. That you can cook at home 100%. for twenty bucks. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the first time I made it myself at home, I was expecting like this was for a fancy date night here at home, a stay in date night, and I'm like, we're gonna do because we had braised short ribs on vacation one time. They were fantastic. They were. They were expensive. And I'm thinking, okay, we're gonna go all out. For like Valentine's Day or something, I went to the uh, the the butcher here in town. And I'm like, all right, I'm gonna. Uh, it's gonna be expensive, and I looked like those short ribs were like super cheap. And I'm like, I'm getting off easy on this thing because this is a cut of of beef that, for historically, people didn't really care that much about because it's got some fat in it. It's it's attached to the bone. It like, but it's delicious when when done right. When you season it well. When you prepare it throughout, you got to let it go low and slow. Yep. You got to make sure to take your time with it. This is not a fast meal, but man, it's good. Uh, here we are in November. We're in the fall season. This is a wonderful time. People love their soups and their chowders mm-hmm. and their stews. stews. I mean, beef stew is just a classic warming yeah. dish. Mm-hmm. There have been very bad beef stews that I've had. You can really overcook <laughs> yeah. it. One of the guys I like to watch on YouTube uh, J. Kenji Lopez Alt. He does an entire video on beef stew and how to make it without just overcooking and drying out the beef. Because uh, it's something you got to cook for a long period of time, but you can do it without just, you know, completely destroying yeah. the beef that's there. Uh, Getting a good sear on it before you throw it in there. That's a key. Super important. Some people just throw the meat into the, you know, pot, you know, uncooked. Yeah. Naked. <laughs> it, it, trust me. Yeah. My art reactions, oh, all yeah. the stuff going on. You brown that meat up a little bit first. And then you cook your veggies in the, in the, in the fond. Oh. I mean, just you're, you're layering it on flavors on flavors on flavors. And see, that's the thing. A lot of people think cooking is really difficult and it, it's not after. I mean, there's two or three YouTube channels you can watch and these guys make it very simple and I think a very inexperienced cook can be making 
high quality food at home. Oh yeah. Within a week or two. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's not tough. If you can follow a recipe, you can make great stuff. You just gotta, you gotta, you gotta take the time to do it. You know, this is most good meals. There are, there are obviously good meals you can make that are quick and easy. But most good meals take some time. Yeah. There's a little prep involved. Make yep. sure you've got everything in place. Mise en place, right? Uh-huh. And make sure everything in, in place. And then just 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 stay on track and you're, and you're good. You're good to go. A nice uh, pot roast. Yeah. You know, that's, a, that's another classic dish. These were things, I think, back in the Depression era up into the 50s and 60s. These were kind of popular dishes that kind of became less popular over the years. And I feel like they're starting to become a little more popular again as yeah. people are going back to those. It's it's revisiting something like, okay, this was maybe not great as a kid. How can I, now that I yes. know what I'm doing, how can I make it better? Yes. I, I know we're not talking about vegetables as much today, but asparagus is one of those things. Like my parents even have told me like, hey, look, we were taught, like you had to cook the mess out of those things because they could be poisonous. Like th- they were told to just, Boil vegetables. until it was just completely mush. And, man, a snappy, charred piece of asparagus is one of the best vegetables you can have. When you roast, saute, grill vegetables, you bring all sorts of different flavors to it. Yeah. I hated Brussels, broccoli, (laughs) asparagus when I was a kid. (laughs) And now, and I still don't like boiled. Right, yeah, exactly. (laughs) It still turns me off. Uh, I think of buffets or cafeteria type uh, food, you know, where it's like, it just came out of a can and it's been heated. Boiled no, Brussels good. sprouts. Take your time and show some care and some love to those vegetables. And they're amazing. Vegetables and beef. What we're going to talk about today, a little burnt is good. Mm. A little char, a little char is delicious. Yep. Embrace it. Okay. I want to ask you as we go through here, I got some little stats. I'm going to throw in a little fun here, I you know, because love stats. Break up this. If you had to guess right now, how many cattle live in the United States? Oh, oh my gosh! Yeah, what's the number of of cattle I'm in the gonna US? guess there's a lot. We're probably up there when it comes to global populations of cattle. I'm gonna say seven hundred and ninety two million. Seven hundred and ninety two million. Yes. I'm way over, aren't I? You are way over. <laughs> you you shot for the moon. I did. Uh, we actually only have 8% of the world's cattle. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Is that surprising to that, know? Very surprising to know. Uh, as of January 1st of 2020, there were right at 95 million head of cattle oh, wow. uh, in the U.S. herd, uh, which is... It's 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 less than you know going on a billion where he was at, uh, but let's come back to reality and realize that is more cattle than the population of California, Texas, Florida, and Mississippi combined. Wow! Yeah. So there's a lot of cows. There is. I always do. Anytime you're throwing a number out there, I, I tend to go like way over. I guess I'm expecting to be blown away as you come back down to earth. So yeah. Uh, Kind of ruined my setup there I, I, for that. I wonder you know? how many are in Texas alone. Because like, Texas has got to have they are the one lion's of the, share. They are one of the top five states. Yeah. Do you have a guess at what the other four in the top five are that raise uh, cattle? Cattle. I'm going to guess Wyoming. Eh. No, Montana. Eh. California. Eh. <laughs> Good gosh. I don't know. Okay, I'm going to give you Oklahoma. Oh, okay. Duh. Kansas. Eh. 
Google Gosh. I think you're just doing it now. <laughs> I think this is, these stats are incorrect. You're just, uh, just I don't know. Uh, Nevada? Eh. <laughs> Missouri. Really? Yep, yep, yep. I didn't see that one coming. Uh, we'll uh, eventually get through all 50 of these. And he'll, <laughs> he'll, he'll whittle it down. Okay, yeah, I'm thinking uh, Middle America. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, you're, you're on the right track. Ohio. Eh. Indiana. Nope. Good gosh. Give you the fourth one now. Nebraska? Yep, there's okay. the fourth one. And the last of the top five, I don't think you're going to see this one coming. Louisiana. Uh, well, no. <laughs> we wouldn't have saw that one coming. Uh, Florida. <laughs> Vermont. Yeah. What is it? Is it Vermont? It's not. Oh. <laughs> I was like, I South Dakota. Oh, okay. I kind of get it. Uh, but a lot of the Midwest there, outside of Texas. Yeah. But from, you know, Texas, Oklahoma, Missouri, I was, I was thinking Nebraska. Montana or Wyoming, just because I, you know, I think of cattle ranches. There's a lot and, and, of cattle there. Yeah. I mean, when you're when you're driving through those states, you see a lot it's of It's got to be like sixth or seventh on that I would, list. I would think so. Um, all right. You got anything else for braising or stewing? Which, well, I wanted to ask you what your favorite is, but I guess we'll get to that in the bracket later on. Of, of those varieties? Yeah. I, no, I think we could... Obviously, braised short ribs would be oh, that's there. Just so good. That's got to be a that's that's going to be up there. For um, sure. Beef stew, or you know, uh, Julia Child made famous the beef bourguignon, <laughs> uh, which is sort of a beef stew. Yeah, those would both be in my braised stewed yeah. uh, category. I'm trying to look through. I had a list pulled up here. Um, of course, you know we're we're not going to mention everything because there's a lot of yeah. stuff you can do. You can put you can put beef in a lot of dishes. Uh, we're we're talking mostly beef forward dishes. I oh would yeah. Say. Um, okay, the next category. Then we're going on to the baking category, which doesn't just immediately like, it doesn't bake, baked beef. No, uh, it doesn't. Oh, well, that doesn't sound good. But then let me throw a, two words at you. I think I know what you're going to say. Prime rib. Oh, I, that's not where I was going. I was thinking beef Wellington. Oh, you kinda, yes, yeah. Uh, prime rib is great. Um, it's not my favorite. I don't know that it would make my bracket, but it's really good. Really, <sighs> really good prime rib is really good. Okay, and here's here's what I was going to say. When it comes to prime rib, I think we get a lot of bad prime rib. Yeah, I, I, I don't think a lot of places do prime rib very well. Yeah. I, I agree. I think that gets used as fancy, as a cop-out for fancy at a lot of places. Yes. They'll, they'll take a cut of beef, they'll bake it, and just, like, at a buffet, at like a Golden Corral, they'll have a prime rib station. Like, that's not going to be good prime rib. No. No. Um, and I, I threw prime rib in here at baking, but from what I have seen... Prime rib really includes baking, broiling, and roasting. All three yeah. of those are involved in prime rib. That's so, true. I mean, it could be in any of those categories. But as far as baked beef, the two things I think of, well, there's actually a third one that I think of. You said one of them. Beef Wellington? Yes. Yeah. Something I have not had. I haven't either. Not a real one, at least. But there is one person <laughs> that makes Beef Wellington <laughs> yeah. that causes me... To want to go to a restaurant and try it. Yeah. 
Oh, oh, one Gordon Ramsay. Absolutely. Uh, well known for his beef Wellington. And if you watch Hell's Kitchen or MasterChef or anything like that, like he has a high standard when it comes to two things or three things, beef Wellington, scallops and risotto. <laughs> and beef welly man is, is one of those things. He, he, he is a stickler on it, but it's, it sounds so delicious. It looks delicious. You got pastry, you've got beef, you've got mushrooms. And see, I'm a not, mustard. A, I'm not a big fan of mushrooms, but I look at this I'm like, I would absolutely eat that. Oh, yeah. 100%. So you have this beef tenderloin, for those that don't know. Uh, you slather it in mustard. You create this duck cell, which is a mushroom, uh, sort of like a, what what would you call it? Not a relish, but no, it's, it, it's this mushroom mixture. Yeah, it's just like a paste to go yeah. on. You know, it, it helps hold the, the pastry on there. And then you have puff pastry. Yeah. That you wrap all of that it's in. Just, I mean, it's umami. It's it's beefy. It's flaky. It's it's just. It sounds so appealing. It does. It sounds so great, and I I can't wait to try it. I've, have you been tempted to make it? I have. I was going to say <laughs> one of our nights needs to be a beef Wellington. Yeah, we need to do we all just, fancy. We just need to do it. <laughs> uh, okay, you're going to have to ed- help educate a little bit. Okay, baking and roasting, because uh, they're both using an oven, right? Yes. Tell us the main difference between the two, because when it comes to like beef, I'm like, okay, what what's what's really the difference in, the, in these two? Is is one lower and slower, and one's higher heat? See, I I would say that roasting would involve a higher, more intense heat. Yeah. Now I'm trying to look down through here. I don't know. I may be okay. It wrong. says it says it right here. Okay, roasting is done with higher heats. Yep. And with foods that uh, and is with foods with a definite structure okay so i guess baking would be like probably also a casserole so i was gonna say shepherd's pie is one of the beef dishes when i think of baked food that's the one of the first things i would think of is shepherd's pie yeah and you've got your ground beef or maybe traditionally lamb yeah layer topped with mashed potatoes you're gonna put that in the oven you're gonna bake it you know 350 degrees for 40 minutes yeah what are, what are some other casseroles? I'm trying to think of casseroles that include beef. Um, There's not going to... How about, I mean, lasagna? That Yeah. It's got beef in it. Uh, yeah, I get, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't it, know a lot of It's definitely probably the lower, the least popular yeah. methods for beef. Yeah. Uh, outside of shepherd's pie, again, if we're just talking... Lasagna, I don't think you say beef. Most people think, oh, lasagna. Yeah. It has beef in it. Right. Um, but a lot of your casseroles, which is technically what shepherd's pie would be. Yeah. And I know you're not a big casserole I'm, person. I'm not a big casserole person. Have you, what about shepherd's pie? I, I like it. I like a shepherd's pie. It, it's got to be super flavorful, and it's got to have a good crust. We did a shepherd's crust pie is important for me. a year or so ago where we bought the the high-end European butter for the mashed potatoes and a like a three-year-old aged... Australian white cheddar cheese that was into the mash. The beef was super flavorful. In fact, I think I ground my own beef for that one. Really? It was really good. Baked it and then stuck those mashed potatoes. I mean, we piped the mashed potatoes on and had nice ridges. Yeah. Because that creates some texture. And at the very end, broil that thing. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> it was good. Uh, give us our next category then. Speaking of getting something nice and broiling and crispy on top, yeah, broiling. Uh, indoor grilling, basically, yes. super high heat from above. <laughs> Be careful. I oh, I man. almost burned our house down one time <laughs> by broiling. I was broiling some fish. And the pan, you know, sometimes the pans kind of warp in the oven. Yeah. And this one called for what I thought was an extraordinary amount of oil. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Turns out it was an extraordinary <laughs> amount of oil because as the pan kind of warped, all the oil ran to one side of the pan. Yeah. And it called for the fish to be insanely close to that broiler. And oil and heat. Yeah. I had flames in the oven. <laughs> um, Erica claims I was going to run out and let the house burn down because I, I didn't have my shoes on. <laughs> and so I immediately ran to the door and put my shoes on. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I got to get my shoes on. She's like, no, you got to come put out the fire. And so she was she was freaking out. I'm like, no, I just I want my shoes on in case we do have to run out. Yeah. I have shoes. Um, but then, you know, we just took a lid and shed it on it, and the fire was out. But I, don't, I don't find myself broiling a whole lot. I I didn't until recently. And no. one of the guys I like to follow on YouTube, Brian Lagerstrom, he broils the majority of his beef. Really? Even if it's ground. If he's using it, uh, the last time we did it was in a meatloaf recipe. After he'd shaped his meatloaf. He broiled that thing hard for 15 minutes. Really? To really create this crust Some texture on the outside. And then we lowered the oven temperature and let that thing bake. Hmm. Um, but I've seen him do it where, where meat he crumbles. Meatloaf and baking. Up. We forgot about meatloaf. Oh, d- boom. <laughs> there it was. There it is. Yes, meatloaf. Probably the number one most well-known baked beef item. I, you guys were screaming. I was like, meatloaf, meatloaf. How do you forget meatloaf? Uh, yes. I had meatloaf last night. Did you really? Yes. I had I had it on my list to even talk about. Uh, I think I did. Too. Because I grew up not liking meatloaf. Oh, I've always liked meatloaf. Uh, I, I didn't. A meatloaf sandwich? Okay. Is special. <laughs> As I have matured with my taste buds, I really do like meatloaf now. And I think maybe I just had some bad meatloafs. Maybe. Um, people put oatmeal. Um, oh, what? <laughs> you never had one with oatmeal in it? No! Because it needs a binder in there. It does, you know? yeah. Um, bread bread crumbs, crumbs. Soaked bread. Yes. And the meatloaf recipe maybe that we crackers. use now is really good. It doesn't have any oatmeal in it. doesn't have any weird stuff. Uh, and I was more excited about eating the meatloaf the next day. Oh, yeah. Because I just, I mean, I cut a nice thick slice of that griddled it, put some cheddar cheese on it, made a sandwich. Dad gum, it was good. Um, we have started doing individual meatloafs. Yes. Instead of the full the pan, full, uh-huh. we'll do a little, they cook a little faster. They, absolutely. And you get more crust. More crust. Uh, and You, you know, put a glaze on it, you get more uh, glaze yeah. to it. Uh-huh. So no, I think the individual great. meatloaf is the way to, yeah. and I one of the other reasons I didn't like meatloaf when I was a kid was because some of the meatloafs I would have, they would cook in like this loaf pan. Yeah. And then all the grease would just puddle up and pull around. Yeah. It. When we make meatloaf now, we shape the meatloaf as a whole or the individual ones, and we put them on a baking sheet instead of being contained in the pan, and the yeah. grease drains away. Yeah, exactly right. It. Yeah. And that made meatloaf so much better in my book. Um, 
Another one we, we didn't mention that's, that's pretty much the same thing, meatballs. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> I had that on my list to talk about. <laughs> Which are basically the same thing. Yes. Let's be honest. Yep. You, you may use different seasonings if you're going the Italian route, but uh, and you can do them on a pan too, but in, in an oven they're great. We have done Italian meatballs. We've done Swedish meatballs. We've done Hawaiian meatballs. Ooh. I, I, you can kind of take the meatball and go anywhere you want with it, yeah. but one of my absolute most favorite dishes is a meatball sub, and I always saute my meatballs first and then throw them into the oven. Mm-hmm. Those things bake, yeah. then a nice... You know, Italian red sauce with some provolone Dude, cheese. You gotta stop, man. <laughs> Little I haven't had real Parmesan Reggiano. Oh man. <clears throat> Let me ask you about cheese. Talk to me about cheese. Okay. That needs to be a whole other episode, by it the does. way. It does. We need to put cheese on the board. <laughs> um I bought a block of the good Parmigiano Reggiano cheese. And I mean the stuff's not cheap. I mean, it was like twenty three dollars for a one pound block of it. It's expensive. Mm-hmm. But when you taste it next to one of the other little triangle parms that you can pick up at the right. grocery store, yeah. or you taste it next to the bottled of, you know, Kraft Parmesan cheese. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even close. Yeah. It's not even fair. I mean, it's you like putting beef up against chocolate chip cookies. It blows it away. Yeah. Yeah, and that's you know that's one of the things too. As we get to talking about different ways to make beef, uh, or to to prepare beef, obviously the less involved require the better source and yeah. the better cuts. And the fewer ingredients there are, exactly, the more important it is to have a better quality of that ingredient. Yeah, up to this point, we've talked about casseroles, and we've talked about meatloaf, and we've talked about stews and braising. All of those require lots of other pieces and ingredients to... Now, you can make the beef shine in those, obviously. But to do them right, you're dealing with lesser qualities of beef to turn into something amazing. As we travel down this yellow brick road, we're going to find that, the just like the cheese, the better quality really shines through and starts to really make a difference. Now, when it comes to broiling, you can cook steak... In a broiler. Yes, you can. For the home cook, I don't think it's advisable for us to do that. Unless you're living in an apartment and don't have access to to an outdoor space or you don't and and or you don't want your your kitchen area or something like that smelling a lot and, and just going overboard with smoke and steam and stuff like that. But you can go there are some steak restaurants that broil. Yeah. Like uh Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Right, yeah. They're not just grilling the meat. Those are going into super high yeah. t- like we can't get temperatures that high exactly. on our ovens. Yeah. Um they're putting those things just inches from the broiler and broiling the mess out of those things. That's good broiled. Yeah. You know, meat. Yeah. Um what I could produce at home wouldn't be comparable to that, I don't think. No. No, it really wouldn't. And you know, like Burger King I was going to say, they're broiling their burgers. Parties. Yeah. You've got those char-broiled. Which are fantastic. Taste the, out there. The meat is good. <laughs> we we yes. made our opinions known about those two. Uh, the, okay, speaking of that, the next category yeah. is the best way, maybe? It's probably the the way when you when you hear beef and cooking meat, 
This is probably the one that you think of. Yeah. It's grilling. And this article says that grilling does not need much of an explanation. Like, you know what grilling is. You're probably listening to this episode if you're not a regular listener for this part of the episode because you saw the title beef. Uh, it's dry heat. You could opposite of, of broiling. Broiling is going over. Grilling is coming from below. Yes. And it's touching the surface. That's the big key and the big difference between those two. Yes, that's true. It's making contact. Uh, let's see. We've got one. Yeah, they didn't put that on here. So I want to yeah, add an addendum go. to this. When we think of grilling, I'm going to include smoking with this yeah, as well. Uh, because grilling would be high heat quickly you're cooking this you know you're grilling a steak smoking is low and slow for hours yeah but they both take place on a grill slash smoker yeah um you're doing this outdoors uh brisket you're doing in the smoke sense mm-hmm. you're gonna cook it for 12 14 16 18 mm-hmm. hours yeah uh steak you're gonna cook it for you know 10 minutes yeah unless man a smoke steak is good too yes you you cook it low and slow then yes. you sear it off at the end and whoo uh, and this is, we could get lost in this. I mean, let's just, let's, let's talk about steaks. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna, let's we're, do, we're going to do it. Um, which is automatically what a lot of us think of when we think of, of beef. I think it's most people's probably first thought. Uh, and there are different cuts of steak. And, uh, I don't know if you have those pulled up or, or you're planning on it, but like there are lots of different cuts of steaks that you can go with. There are some that are going to be better than others. Some are cheaper. This is like what we've talked about. There are cheaper cuts that you can, you know, it can be affordable, maybe an everyday type steak, but there are some that are worth the extra money. You yeah. may not think they are. Trust If you've never had it, trust me, uh, it is worth the money. And in addition to the cuts are the grades of steak. Yes. That's something else. That's a, lot of a times great point. We don't really think about. Yeah. And that can definitely, you can get a higher cut of beef at a very low grade uh-huh. and still have a bad steak. Yeah. You know, you can you can go get a New York strip, but if you get, what is it, select? Yeah, I think that's yeah. the lowest. If you get a select grade New York strip versus uh, a prime cut of something else, you're going to be like, man, that thing is trash. Yeah. Uh, so the, the three different ones, you've got select... select. Choice, choice and prime. Yep. Most of the time when you're going to Walmart, you're going to see choice. Choice. And then you're going to have a smaller selection of prime. I don't know that Walmart does select. Yeah, I don't think a lot of I, places. I don't, I don't see a lot of select. A lot of places don't have select. The majority of the meat that you find in U.S. grocery stores is going to be the USDA graded choice. Yeah. And it just seems like in the last few years, Walmart has started carrying the prime. Yeah. Yeah. They go the, it's the black Black carton uh, is now no. It's blue. It's blue. The blue carton. Uh, so yeah, I mean you're 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 talking that is going to be a better quality of beef, and it usually has to do with with fat it's, ratios, yep. uh, and that also de- de- determines what cut you're getting. Also, of course, cut is mostly coming from where it's cut on the cow, uh, but all of those things kind of work together. You're talking. Tenderness has to do with fat, and fat has to do with 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 a cut, and it it all works together for the good of our bellies. <laughs> the 
if I remember, I want to say this the right way, but from what I have heard, the further the meat is from the hoof and the horn, the more tender it is. And the closer yeah. it is to the hoof or the horn, the tougher the cut of meat is. And I'm looking at one here, and that does seem like that would go right along with it. They're the part, they're the muscles that are moving. Yeah. They're they're always kind of moving, and movement equals tender, and 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 you got muscle fat and stuff like that that's building up there. Uh I've got some friends that they're like, man, sirloin steak is the best thing ever. <laughs> and I'm like, have you, have you not heard of ribeye or yeah. out, out of, like, oh no, no, no. It's just, it's so fatty and, and fat is nasty and it's just all gristly and everything. Mm. I'm like, hang on a second. Fat is flavor. I don't think that you've had a properly cooked steak. Yeah. If that's what you think, uh, because yes, you can get that, but the, the fat is absolutely crucial to creating a more tender steak. And before we get into cuts also, we, we have to we have to say something also. The temperature at Whoop. which you have your steak, Whoop. we judge you on that. If you are eating a steak well done, go home. Yep. Do not waste your money at a restaurant. Now, yeah. I, I know what some people are already saying. Look, I can do what I want to. You're right. Well, if it, some restaurants they can't, that that's also so true. some of them be like, uh, no, sir, you you it, cannot. Cook it's your, steak it's your money. If you want to waste it, by all means. But let me just tell you and trust your pals, Craig and Aaron. Anything above medium, I mean, medium well, okay, fine, I guess. But like anything above medium, that m- medium rare to medium stage. Oh man. That's I think is your that, that's your sweet spot, and I know some people are like oh you got to have rare steak, and I'm okay with the people who want rare steak. That's fine, but there's also something to be said for there is a point at which your steak some special things happen to it when it's mm-hmm. cooking. Yeah, that it doesn't have enough of done if you cook it too rare. Yeah, and it obviously overdoes it if you cook it too long. Like a ribeye steak, I've heard some top chefs say don't order a ribeye steak medium rare. Because it has so much fat in it, yeah. it needs time to render and melt that fat out, or else you are going to get an unpleasant experience yeah. when you eat that steak. You don't, so you don't want a blue steak. <laughs> cook that, cook that ribeye. Yeah. you know, up there to medium. Yeah, it's going to be super juicy. And there's strategy involved too. If you're doing takeout steaks, I oh, always go medium rare on a under, takeout. Yep, because it's going to sit and steam, and it's going to cook. Continue that temperature's going to go up. Uh, yeah, you you you've got to that that is definitely the sweet spot for sure is to get that on there. You want a good crust too, like you, yeah. you want a nice sear on it. Uh, you want good flavor, but yeah, you 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 can't order it well done. You just can't. I finally talked to a friend a year or so ago, who always ordered overdone steaks. I finally convinced him to try a steak cooked medium. So he did, and he's like, "I hope I know. Uh, you know, I hope you know what you're talking about." And he just sent a text the other day, as this was a year or two ago, and he's like, uh, I still can't believe I had never had a steak cooked to medium temperature. He's like, it's it's been life-changing. I didn't know steak could be so good. I was like, yes, that's what I... He was like, well, I just don't like all the, the blood in my steak. And that's the next point I wanted to bring up. Fantastic. Okay, yeah, explain to people. It's not blood. So many people think if I order my steak medium rare or, or medium, that it's, it's and when I cut into it, oh, it, it's just blood everywhere. It's not blood. That, that, would, that would not even work. 
what it is, and I, I made sure to get this right on here, okay? Uh, what you're looking at is a combination of water, which makes up about 75% of meat, and a protein in muscle tissue called myoglobin. All right. Yes. So this is not blood. So if you're if you're if that's been your biggest hang up in ordering a steak that is is under under well done, medium well, we can put your mind at ease. That is not blood. It's juice. It's juice. It's flavor. So because the people who order well done steaks, they're like, hey, you, you got some A one or some Heinz fifty seven? <laughs> you can bring me to the table. I'm always like, hey, hang on a second. Yeah. If you need steak sauce for your steak, yep, that's the rule. You don't need to eat steak yeah. at wherever you just got it. Yeah. And it could be your fault. You may have over yeah. cooked steak. I, I've done um, that too. I, I've overcooked, I overcooked steak a lot, unfortunately. Steak creates its own steak sauce. It's called mm-hmm. this juice right here. Yeah, myoglobin. When, when you let that sit on the plate and then you drag, you cut that steak and you drag it through that, you don't need other stuff to go on it. It's perfect the way that it is. And you have to, you, by letting it rest... Yeah. As hard as that is to do. <laughs> Don't just bring it in off the grill and cut into no. it. Even just a few minutes. Okay. It's still going to be warm. Five minutes. It's yep. still going to be hot. Uh, that was always my worry. I would always cut into a steak too early. And, you know, you got juices everywhere and your steak bite isn't as good. Here's the other uh, pro tip on cooking a steak. Pull it off five degrees from yep. where if you want the steak at 135 degrees, pull it off at 130. Yep. Because while it sits for five minutes... That temp's going to keep climbing. Yeah. To give you an, an analogy, it's like taking a really hot shower and your bathroom steams up. And then you get out of the shower. If you want to cool off quickly, you have to open the door. But if you want to sit in the sauna for a little bit, you got to leave the door closed. Yeah. How's that? You didn't expect an analogy from the bathroom. Look at that. Uh, do you know how many uh, cattle ranchers and producers there are in the United States? It's not a billion. Okay. They don't have a billion of them in the U.S. Well, there's how many, uh, you said there was like, how many cattle? 95 million cattle. Okay. So how many ranchers are there? How many ranchers are there? Seven. Okay. (laughs) I overcorrected. Uh, I'm going to guess the, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to help you out here. You can do a little math and see how close you can get Uh, to this. That that, that doesn't help me. (laughs) That's why I feel safe giving you the number. (laughs) The average herd of cattle in the United States uh, uh, this was in 2017. Okay, was 43 and a half cows. That's it, really. 43 and a half. I'm just okay. Worried about that half cow that's out there running around. <laughs> but yes, 43.5 cows was the average herd size. 43. So how many 43 ranchers divided by 90 something million? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, so gosh. there you go. I'm gonna guess. I can't do math. I'm I'm gonna say twelve point nine million. I like how you came down on that number. Finally, <laughs> you still way over though. <laughs> <laughs> you kill me because uh, I'm like, wow, this is a, that's a lot of farmers. Yeah, right I here guess originally. if I just uh, and then I'm like, okay, that, well, yeah, that math uh, doesn't work out. Don't judge me for my math skills. Okay? Eight hundred thousand ranchers yeah, it, and cattle producers it just clicked dude you got to go under a million to get that number <laughs> yes uh okay, i'm gonna give you an easy one here i think okay. uh how many states in the u.s raise cattle oh i'm gonna guess to to produce like to con- uh, just how many states 
in the United States are raising. Man, I want to say fifty, but I'm gonna I'm gonna hedge my bets a little bit and go forty five. Forty five? Yeah. You would have been right if you would have just said all fifty. Oh man. All was, fifty states was, are raising beef cattle. I, I thought maybe Hawaii may be the outlier. Sure. And and maybe some of these other pockets, Rhode Island, I didn't know if they had enough space, but like okay. Did you know that we have several of our presidents who have been ranchers yeah, and farmers? That makes that, sense. Uh, Most famously, George W. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. He was a big-time farmer. Uh, 16 of our presidents have experienced farming and really? ranching, including uh, good old Teddy Roosevelt, who oh, yeah. owned at one point over 5,000 cattle, uh, up there in the Dakota Badlands. He's over the average. Yes. 43 and a half. That's the average. Teddy Roosevelt, 5,000. That's funny. Um, also, when it comes to grilling, we've got to talk burgers, uh, which we didn't go through the cuts of steak. You want to go through no, no, the cuts? No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me, let me get that. Let's, let's backtrack uh, and talk about steak okay. cuts. You got the sirloin. It's your cheap cut of steak. It's, it doesn't mean it's bad. There, I've had some I mean, good sirloins. It's under that. I think would be also your flat iron, your your stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But, you got skirt steak, flat yeah. iron steak. Um, some of those really, they are tough cuts of meat. Yeah, uh, you could use those in like fajitas, things. You know, right, yeah. there are some. You're not eating it by itself, probably. More than likely, but this is just pure steak cuts. The ones that we think of, you got your sirloin, your T-bone, right? The ribeye. Uh-huh. And then the fillet or tenderloin; mm-hmm. those are your four big. And honestly, if you want to save a little money, get a T-bone and butcher it up. Cut those two pieces off. You, you might save a little bit of money because by doing it yourself. The the T-bone includes the the strip. Mm-hmm. That's where you get your New York strip from. Yep. Uh, and then it's got a little section of that fillet over there. That's really good. Yeah. What is your go-to cut of steak? Ribeye. Absolutely. All day long. I, I, you know, a filet is just not, it's good, but it's not worth it for me. The, that sounds, uh, that may be sacrilegious to some people, but it's just not worth it for me. So, as he said a few minutes ago, fat equals flavor. Yeah. Filet is known as sort of the Cadillac of cuts of meat. Mm Mm-hmm. But there's very little fat in the fillet. Yeah. It's super lean, but it's very tender. It's very tender. It's super expensive. Yeah, but it it's lacks, the most pure, right? Yes, but it lacks some beefy flavor that the ribeye gives you from that fat that's all throughout the grain. Yeah, um, and that's one of the things I was going to say a few minutes ago that I noticed when Walmart started carrying Prime. You can go pick up a, a prime ribeye steak that's, you know, inch, inch and a half thick, two inches, and it'll have white flecks all yep. the way through it. That's sure not will. gristle. That's not tough. That's the intramuscular fat yeah. inside the steak. I have had prime steak from Walmart. People's like, oh, man, you can't get, you can't get good meat at Walmart. I've gone to some butcher shops and had expensive ribeyes cut that were not prime grade. Yeah. And I've had the Walmart prime grade that was cheaper. Yeah. And the Walmart steak, vastly superior yeah. for one reason, fat. That is flavor. So uh, my, my second, I, mean, I know ribeye's yours also, right? Yes. Uh, uh, a New York strip is also good. Uh, it's, it's got a little way less fat, but it is, it's, it's because it's right there next to that, that filet, 
you can get same same amount of tenderness, but you lose out on a little bit of the flavor. Mm-hmm. You, you gotta you gotta season it up a little bit more. But it's also it's also really good. I think with like a ribeye, anytime we make one, we use three things on it: salt, pepper, and garlic powder. Yep. And that's really all it needs. That's all you need. It it does the rest of the heavy lifting itself. You can do others. I like to do a coffee rub sometimes. Sure. Uh, but but yeah, that's really all you you need to have. We also need to talk about uh, wagyu. Wagyu. That's yes. Uh, see, it's Japanese cattle, right? Yeah. It's a Japanese variety. You've got wagyu. You've got uh, Angus. You know, there's different variations like this. This goes deep. Like there's different ways you can do this as well. Uh, the Wagyu has a super high fat content. Very to it. high. Some of the steaks, when you see <laughs> the real deal and some places will advertise it and it's not the real deal right, stuff. Yeah. It's when American you, Wagyu. Yes. When you see the real deal, Kobe, uh, things like that, beef. Sometimes the steaks almost look white. Like yeah. there's more fat to it than yeah. there is meat. Um, and it's typically not a steak where you just order that and would sit down and eat no. the whole thing because it's going to be very rich. Yeah, uh, You're looking for applications where you're just going to have a little bit of that in there. And if you go to a Japanese place and they've got that, you're probably getting very small strips yep. because it's very expensive. Oh, it is. Very, I mean, you're talking $500 you know, just for a small, a small piece. Uh, but yeah, so you can go super expensive on that. Uh, yeah, so good. And we, we touched on smoked, but like your brisket, your beef ribs, uh, like dinosaur ribs kind of thing. Those are always, those are a little tougher, but they're, but they're equally they good. Are. Brisket, uh, I feel like is the king of barbecue. Yeah. I mean, you could, you could argue ribs or pulled pork, but brisket, when you do it right, it's hard to get brisket right. Yeah. It's very difficult. That's one that you don't just do it the first time no. and you're like, oh, I nailed it. No, no. It, there's a lot of work. Pulled pork, Boston butt's very forgiving. Very forgiving. Ribs yeah. are pretty easy to get. Brisket is a, there's you, you, a learning curve. You can cover brisket. up ribs with sauce. Brisket, when you have an overcooked, uh, incorrectly cooked brisket, you're going to know it. That's why the best barbecue places get their brisket. And that'll tell you how good they are. Yeah. That's why all these world championship places tout their brisket because that's yes. the hardest thing probably to do and probably the most delicious when you can nail it. And it's time consuming. I mean, yeah. you're you're spending 18 hours probably on a cook for brisket, yeah. you know, 14 to 18 hours depending on the size of it. They're not easy to, tr- there's a lot of fat you got to trim off yeah. of them. It's a lot of work. There's, it's a process. I have done a few briskets. I've done some that I've, Felt like have been good, but there's still a lot of improvement in my brisket game. And I love watching guys do it. I just haven't done it very well. But <laughs> I love the, to me, brisket is fun because there's that challenge yeah. each time I come back to it of, okay, how can I improve the brisket this time? Right. Um, something that's a good transition to go from grilling to sauteing in a pan would be burgers. Yeah. Because you can do that inside um, and they're better outside on a grill. But burgers, I, I mean, I've said this before. I've, I've made it very well known and established here that burgers are probably a top five food for me. Beef takes up two spots in my top five, and burgers are definitely up there. I so, love burgers. And I have said burgers are not a top ten food. Uh, they fall out of the top ten just because they're so 
and they're so average. There's nothing special about a burger. But you can do so you, much. Uh, you can do so much, and they can be. I, I still argue the 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 most average burger is going to be way better than a lot of the most average things out there. Like it's just it's great. It's it's juicy. It's cheesy. It can be add fresh stuff to it. You can dress it up in different ways. You can apply different types of buns. It's incredible. And if you, it's gra- very versatile. It's very versatile. You can ground up your own, and that's the, that's the ticket. Like that's I, I, that's no, so much no doubt. You can make a really good burger, and you do a a ground beef brisket burger. When you add brisket to a burger, special things happen. Yeah, because you get the fat in there. It's just it, it, it does a lot of stuff. So. Burgers for me, they are. They're a top five food. But burgers in the winter, you may not be out grilling. So I'll do it on a pan, sauteing in my house. You can. I love a cast iron burger. If you've got one of those flat top griddles. Yeah. I mean, there's times when I feel like I almost might like a a smash style burger better than a charcoal. I I go back and forth on it um, because you get that crust. With a flat top burger, you get one of those grilling mats, and you get to the best of both worlds. Oh, that's that's you true. Smash it on there on, on the mat. So very versatile. Uh, smash burgers are great. You get the crispy, cru- crusty parts. Yeah. You get some melty cheese on there. I like a thick pub style burger occasionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I know people are like, oh, I hate thick burgers. They're nasty. No, they're great. I mean, I'm not a as much of a burger hater as I sound like saying it's not a top ten food. I like all kinds of burgers, like a Juicy Lucy, stuff that thing with cheese. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, I love a Juicy Lucy. Um, yeah, burgers are, they're fun. There's a lot of things you can do with them. There's yeah. a lot of methods that you can use in cooking them. And and it's really hard to mess one up. You can. Yeah. You can. I've had some bad burgers before. As long you as they're not like charred hockey pucks. Yeah. Other than that, or it's just like completely raw in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't go to one of those two extremes. Right. You're in a very forgiving space where eh, it's okay. So let's talk about sautéing, okay? Sautéed beef. Now, this is a lot of the things that you've talked we've talked about can be applied to a pan. Uh, you can do a burk a burk. You can do a burger in a pan, sauté it. You can do steak in a pan. You can do a lot of these things on there. Uh, when I think of saute, I'm thinking like, you know, strips of, of beef for like uh, an Asian dish, you know, yep. like a beef and broccoli type of, of situation or something like that. That's usually what I go to when I think of beef on a pan. Uh, I think of beef stroganoff as well. Yeah. That's what I think of. Um, fajitas. Yep. Fajitas. Again, something else can be done on grill as well. Um, hamburger helper. Oh, yeah. That's beef in a pan. It's not very good beef in a pan <laughs> when you use that. But chili, that's a stew we didn't mention. Yes. How did we forget that I'm making as well? chili this weekend. Uh, yeah, I've got some where I'm in a small church-wide chili cook-off this weekend, and I've got what I hope is a winning recipe this year. <laughs> I've done some special things, taken extra special care, made my own roasted chili paste in it. But you start that on a, on a pan, you know? Yeah, you got to brown up that beef. Mm-hmm. Um, what else have we forgotten? Because we're going to get down this list. Yeah, you know, one, uh, I need to look at my, my, my extra little list here and make sure I didn't miss anything. Uh, roast beef. Speaking of roasting, we, we missed yes. that earlier. A roast beef is good because you can use it on a sandwich. Okay, here's, go, go ahead, go ahead. 
Go ahead. Because I think I know where you're going. Uh, chicken fried steak. That's not where I thought you were going. <laughs> no. I, it's got to be done right. That's easy to mess up because you can overcook the mess out of that steak. You think? Yeah. I've had some very tough chewy? chicken fried steak. Yes, very chewy. I have too. Uh, one of the you worst. You tenderize it the right way. Was at a truck stop in Kansas. <laughs> that should tell you that yeah. we were in for a bad meal. Yeah. Um, and it, it was the worst chicken fried steak I've ever had. But you get a good chicken fried steak. Yeah. Do it the right way. Texas knows what they're doing then when they get the, you get the beef yeah. and the fried chicken coating. You put it together. Mm-hmm. Gosh, the other one that we we didn't mention that the other one I had on my list was hot dogs, beef hot dog, hot dogs, all beef hot dogs. Okay, uh, I know most people when they think of hot dogs, you're thinking of mixtures of different. But right, those all beef. Was it Hebrew National? Hebrew National. Those are fantastic. Nathan's. Yeah, love them. There's some other specialty. They're, they're definitely the better ones that you can get out there. Um, anything else we're missing? Well, I've got I, some worsts, but okay. I've got another fact for you. Okay. Where does the U.S. rank in the world for the amount of beef eaten per capita? Uh, oh, man. I'm, I want to say one. But Brazil and China also enjoy their beef. And they're, China has more. I'm going to say number one, though. We are fourth. Really? We are fourth in the world. China's ahead of us. Yes? Uh, Hong Kong is ahead of us. Okay. At wow. 114. Hong Kong itself? That's what it says. Wow. Hong Kong, 114.3 pounds. Argentina comes in at 120.2 really? pounds. And number one is Uruguay at <laughs> 124.2 pounds. I did not see that coming. Per capita, uh, the biggest importers of U.S. beef, Japan, South Korea, and Mexico. Japan is the biggest for importing U.S. beef? Yep. Well, they've got a good thing going over there. Why are they importing ours? Japan, South Korea, and Mexico. I can get Mexico, but Japan surprises me. How many pounds of uh, beef per year does the average American consume? Mm. Per year, the average American. Yep. So a single person. Yep. I was about to go nationwide. That would have been way too many for a single person. <laughs> uh, Five hundred million for a person. Uh, the average person. I'm gonna guess six point three pounds per person. Think of a couple steaks, burgers. Okay. Well, every day in America, 76 million Americans eat beef, and they consume on average 112 pounds of beef Whoa. per year. Wow. I mean, just think about it, though. If you're going to have tacos, how many tacos are you going to eat? Two, maybe three, if I'm feeling it. Sure. <laughs> maybe four. I mean, the right day, five. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you're probably eating 
somewhere between a quarter and a half a pound of beef with your tacos. Yeah. Each time you eat tacos. I, was, I guess I was I was trying to think of the averages. Like you think of a hamburger. I'm going to eat that 150 easy, but like there's vegans out there. There's there's people like that who don't touch red meat. So I'm I was trying to. I guess, 76 million people are eating it. It's still a lot. Wow. It, it, it's a lot. Um, let's see. I had one more fun little thing here. And there's no that there's no wonder why you know fast food places are trying to push chicken. And try to do that because, you know, that <laughs> greenhouse gases and stuff like that, cattle production and things like that, you know, there's climate change that, that they're trying to tie that into. And if that many people, if that's how much beef each person on average is eating, my goodness, like that's a okay. lot of cows. You mentioned fast food and the very next one is uh, about fast food. It says 70% of fast food service operators Say that steak on the menu increases their traffic. I, I'm, really? I'm just food service operators. So, so like if if you know, Hardee's comes out with a steak some steak sandwich, traffic goes up. I believe it. I mean, if I if I if I heard that Burger King has this new steak steak burger where their ground beef is mixed in with with ribeye steak. I mean, you think I'm going to go try it. Taco Bell's always promoting their steak items that they've got. It's true. Um, wow. You see Subway advertising steak sandwiches, yeah. things like that. So makes sense. they say foot traffic increases when they have beef, yet they're really throwing the chicken out there. Okay, here was the, here was the last fun tidbit that I had for you. We need iron in our diet. And Accurate. beef is a great source of iron. Did you know that you would have to eat three cups of raw spinach in order to get the same amount of iron that one three-ounce serving of beef had? Take that, vegetarian. That's why beef is better. <laughs> what would you like? Some steak or, uh, you know, eat three cups of spinach? <laughs> you know, I used to have a friend who was vegan, and he was vegan by choice, so it wasn't like a dietary thing. Uh and I used to work with him, and every year on his birthday, he would he would say, that's the one day a year I'm going to choose to eat beef. And he would go hard, too. Like, this was a big, we called it meat fest. Like, okay. we would take him to a steakhouse, and he would get a huge steak. And we didn't see him for a couple of days after his birthday. Because <laughs> you can imagine what going from zero to a thousand, you know, on the beef scale is going to do to a, a, little, a bottom, a, a, a bottom. I'm in a body, but you, you, as a Freudian slip, that actually worked slip, out exactly. <laughs> but I mean, you know, that was I always I always applauded it. Like we we rooted for him hard on those days because like that's. That's what you want to see. You you want you want, to, and he always loved it. Like it was not something he was like, "Oh, gross." No, he he was very thankful for those days. Uh, yeah, I don't. Sorry, personal opinion. I don't. I don't know how you can. I don't know how you can do it. I don't know how you can go without beef. Look, I I've tried the Impossible Burger. Oh, and it's, it, it's terrible. Just, it, it's not. It's not. It's not beef. <laughs> Maybe okay? if you've never had beef, if you were a vegetarian or vegan your whole life, and you tried that just to see what all the hype about beef was about. And you're like, oh, this is good. Yeah, you just wait till you have real the real stuff. Oh. It's not even kind of close. No. And then when you talk about a a, a beef animal, it says that ninety eight percent of a beef animal is used. There's yeah. so many other things that you do with the. That's true. With the, you can make eighteen soccer balls or twenty <laughs> footballs out of one cowhide. Yeah. If you like gummy bears. 
You like marshmallows? Guess what? <laughs> they make them from cattle. The gelatin and stuff that's in those, like beef marrow. Yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah. You know, oh, there's so many things you can do with beef. Beef. It's what's for dinner, man. Yes. It, it's probably what a lot of you are going to have for dinner. Oh, it's what I want now. All right. Let's hear uh, some stuff that you've got to talk about. We love hearing you talk about us. It's time for the best things about the best things. Want to hear your feedback on the show? Email us at feedback at bestthingspod.com. Tweet at us at bestthingspod or leave us a review. All right. Uh, I'm going to read a message that we got uh, from Richard Eberly sent a message uh, about the pod. He said, hey, I'm enjoying your podcast. I just started listening to it and it's been really good and I've laughed a lot. I work by myself all day, every day, and I'm about to listen to uh, every other, uh, he said sermons, because I think he's a pastor, uh, on the internet. So this has been a good change for me. Keep it up. I'm listening to the cookies episode right now. Oh. That was a good one. That was. That was the day that chocolate chip cookies <laughs> uh, began their, their reign. Um, uh, so How full circle is it? <laughs> it comes on the day I, it could, I, could end. It could. <laughs> it could. Thanks, Richard, for the the kind message. We appreciate it. Uh, if you want to send us your opinion or your message on if you enjoy the podcast or if you don't, uh, why are you still listening if you don't like it? Uh, send, us, <laughs> send us your feedback, feedback at bestthingspod.com. Uh, hit us up on all the socials. You heard the little intro thing. Uh, let us know uh, all the different ways. We'd love hearing your feedback and reading it on the air. So makes our day. Okay, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... I got a couple worse things. Yes. And so we, we need to we need to we need to talk about it. Welcome to the best things. No, no, no. These aren't the best things. These are the worst things. Okay, when it comes to the worst things about beef, uh, there are some things that are less desirable. Um, before I get into specific things about beef itself, I, we've already mentioned a little bit, but one of the worst things is overcooking your beef. Don't absolutely don't, don't do well done. Just don't do it. No. Uh, what do you have on your list? Uh, well, this is one I didn't know I was going to add until I popped it up. I went to beef. It's what's for dinner.com and Tony Romo's face <laughs> came up as soon as I went to the website. Um, and I'm Man. not a Tony Romo fan. No, never. That's the worst. I don't want Tony Romo to be the face of beef. <laughs> it's what's for dinner. Um, I'm going to throw a Salisbury steak. Don't you dare. I'm going to throw Salisbury no, sir. steak. Get Salisbury steak's name out your mouth. <laughs> no. Mainly because I probably have not. I don't think I've had a, a, had a good one. one. Okay. I, most of them are like the frozen dinner okay. or the uh, middle school cafeteria. That Frozen dinner, Salisbury steak, I will allow. <laughs> but... Good sir, I I tell you with all of my being that I can serve you a really good Salisbury steak. Okay. That's one of our favorite things that we cook is our Salisbury steak. Uh, This is just a ploy for me to get Aaron to make me some food. Uh, I really really don't have an opinion here. What else you got? Um, Because I've got two other big ones. Okay. Steak tartare. Get steak tartare's name out your mouth. I don't like raw beef. 
I mean, it's not as good as like a tuna tartare, but uh, I have had or chicken tartare. <laughs> you like that one? Yeah, real uh, good. Legal legal disclaimer: Please do not have chicken tartare. That's raw chicken. It could kill you. The best things podcast is not liable for anything that may happen because you ate raw chicken, you weirdo. It's like that TikTok thing that was going on a couple of years ago where they were like, "Oh, medium rare chicken." This is- <laughs> Like what? Have you seen Gordon Ramsay's reaction to oh people doing gosh, that? It's yeah. hilarious. Uh, no, I have had this served to me, and it's just you put a raw egg in it, or you serve a raw quail egg on top of it. It's this little round of just raw steak or meat. Yeah, I mean, I get it. It's like I, I, I'm not ready to put it on my worst things, but I, I, I absolutely get it. It's it's not it's not the best thing for sure. Uh, what about a beef tongue? I'm glad that you mentioned this. <laughs> I think it is one of the most underappreciated really? parts of the cow. The same day that I was in the store last week looking at those short ribs right next to it was a beef tongue. I had it in my hand, almost put it in the cart and was like, I just can't spend the money on it today. I'm going to put it back. You're putting, are you putting the tongue on your worst list? Just because I have not had it done. I've had it one time and it was not good. So yes, I'm judging it prematurely. When it is done correctly, it is like the most tender, shreddable pot roast that exists. Okay. I I had it way overcooked then because it was tough. Okay. You, you can have bad beef tongue, and if somebody doesn't prepare it right, get all the- I just don't like French kissing a cow. Taste buds (laughs) off of it. But once you get down to the actual meat, it's really nice. Okay. Um, I would like to add beef liver to the, the list. That's a worthy place to put, yeah. I am not an organ fan. Organ meat is a no bueno for me. Yeah. It, it's If you're looking for your source of iron, that's <laughs> there, where you need to go. There it is. Um, and you taste I, every uh, gram of it. <laughs> I can't do that. I can't do mm Speaking of things I can't do, mountain oysters. Okay. I'm glad Otherwise, that you mentioned that. Cover the little ears uh, because we're. I'm just going to say what it is. Uh, beef testicle. Disties. Uh, no bueno. I have had decent mountain oyster before. Um, the, the the second time I ever I've had, believe it or not, I've had this more than once. It's on your worst <laughs> list if you eat it more than once. Hang on. What? Uh, I only... <laughs> yeah, what? Oh, so, man. Uh, the first time I ever had it, it was not terrible. It didn't make me gag or anything like that. But the, the story goes, I, I had this also in China twice. Uh, the first time I had it, a friend of ours pulled a prank on me. And uh, he said, this is delicacy. It's so good. And it's delicious. And it was a hot pot. We did a hot pot. Went to a hot pot place. If you're not familiar with hot pot... It's a, it's a communal thing. It's kind of like a hibachi place, but instead of the person grilling on a flat top, you kind of cook yourselves. Now, you don't cook yourself. You cook for yourselves. Uh, there's a giant pot of broth in the middle of the table. They bring you raw ingredients. You put the raw ingredients in the broth, and you pull them out and eat them. Uh, and here, here are these, these, these bull pieces, these pieces of a cow, and we put them in. He goes, come on, you do it. And I was like, okay, you know what? When in Rome, or in this case, China, and I put it in there, and I said, how, how long does this stay? He goes, oh, just just two, three minutes. So we wait. We, he said, they're ready now. I pull it out. Still kind of raw. It was like a fruit gusher in my mouth oh. when I did it. <laughs> oh. 
And uh, yeah, so found out later on they got they need to cook a little longer than that, uh, but still was not great afterwards. Uh, so yes, I've had that like three times, and uh, they definitely deserve to be on the, the worst list. Although I have heard of you know, like I said, the first time I had it was was not terrible, uh, but not good. Just it was not good. Um, menudo, uh, gesundheit. It, it's uh, <laughs> it is a. S- Soup, probably found in uh, Mexico, possibly other Central or South American countries. Okay. That uses uh, the cow's stomach and and beef tripe, other things like that. Um, I'm trying to find, I remember watching an episode of Bizarre Foods with Andrew Zimmern, and I can't remember if it was Menudo or some other dish, but it had fresh intestines mm. that he was eating from from the cow. Which we could probably... No, that's lamb. I was about to say we could add haggis to that. Uh, but yes. Um, but he said that there was a definite taste yeah, of <laughs> uh, poo uh. as he was eating that. And it, it he eats a lot of nasty things. But that appeared to be one of the worst that he had ever eaten. I can imagine. I ain't getting down with that. No, not getting down with that. You got anything else on the worst? Nope. Okay. Oh man, cookies. Your your time is coming to an end. I have a feeling. Let's let's do it. If you want to be the best, you have to beat the rest. It's time for the best thing bracket. All right, I had first pick last week with our Halloween episode. Aaron gets first pick this week. I have a feeling I know what's coming. Are we just are we going to pick beef dishes at this point? Yes. So we're going to pick our favorite beef thing, uh, and I would I would I would say we need to be specific. Okay. Especially with our cuts and things like that. Okay. So do before we do that, do we need to say what our favorite method of cooking the beef is? We went through all of those. Yeah. Do you we have can. a specific a specific method that you it's grilling. It, yeah. It's grilling for sure. 100%. I would even yeah. say charcoal grilling has the best flavor. It does. Gas grill just doesn't replicate. It's easier, and you oh, get great super. flavor, but charcoal. When we do, we like to do lump charcoal, throw a little chunk of mesquite wood on there, Yeah. and you're talking about a good steak. Oh, okay, yeah. so I get number one. You get number one. What is it? Okay, how about a uh, grilled medium temp ribeye? On the bone steak. I you see, I already had it typed in. Did you really? <laughs> I wasn't even gonna listen to you finish it. I knew it was coming. Well, you said be specific, so I wanted to get every <laughs> single part of that specific, part, you know, in there. Okay, number two, uh, a medium rare <laughs> gas grilled <laughs> bone out. Uh, one for me. Let's just let's let's just pick eight varieties of ribeye steak. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go short ribs. Oh yeah. That's good. Short ribs with my number one. Your second. Brisket. Ah, that's good. Brisky. Uh, I'm assuming smoked. Yeah, yeah. Smoked brisket. The king of barbecue, as I declared. You're going to disagree, but I'm going burger in the I, two spot. I, I understand it. I understand it. All right, your third, my good friend. 
chili. Oh, great call. Just uh let me let me explain to just a great our call. friends out in internet land <laughs> what I did a couple of weeks ago. I had smoked a brisket. There's a lot of meat there. Mm-hmm. I had some leftover brisket. I made nice big cubes, you know, some nice big cubes, made a ground beef chili, some sirloin, some some ground brisket in there with it. Created my chili and then I dropped in those cubes of smoked brisket mm. into the pot. Preach. Let that thing cook away for a, like two and a half, three hours in the oven. It was some of the best chili I've ever had. Yeah. Having that brisket yeah. that was smoked in there with it. Oh my gosh. Oh. So good. Man. I'm having chili this weekend and I can't wait. Um okay, third for me, uh this is a this is a tough one, but I'm gonna go roast beef. Good old-fashioned roast beef. Yeah, roast beef, mainly because it can be great on its own, but then, man, you apply it to sandwiches, you got something special. Um, your fourth and final. I am, I am torn right here. Are you? I've got two things I want to see make it, and I'm going to root for one that you choose the other. Okay. I want you to put... <laughs> no, no, don't tell me what you want me to put. In my spot. What are you putting? I want beef tacos. Oh, okay. I didn't see that coming. That's a great, that's a great, great pick. Because ground beef tacos, brisket tacos, steak tacos, fantastic. I've never had a bad beef taco. I've had, I've had a, a beef tongue taco that's really shredded beef tacos. Wow. Yeah. You can't go wrong. Number four, my last one. I don't know if this is what you're wanting or not, but it's the one I'm putting in here. It was a, it was a, it was, it wasn't that close. But I had a brief moment of thought, maybe beef Wellington, but I've never had that. So we got to put meatloaf. Yes, that was four. it. That was it. Let's go. And honestly, it might deserve to be higher up. I think it does. Uh, I would almost, in hindsight, maybe put it ahead of roast beef. I, I think I'm doing I, it. I think you I'm should retroactively yeah. do that. Yeah, I'm doing it. I don't think it goes above. It would go above burger for you. I have a feeling. Yeah, but and again, because th- this is a dish that I used to not like, to now I love. Yeah, I love it. The when you take it out of the oven and eat it, it's fantastic. Then you eat it the next day. Its second preparation is a meatloaf sandwich. It does double duty. It does double. And if you really want something special, we had this at shout out Logan Steakhouse. Not a sponsor. They had. I don't know if they still have. Maybe in the limited time thing, they had meatloaf sliders. It was like a Hawaiian roll with meatloaf, mashed potato, and some kind of amazing glaze on it. And uh, it may have had some pickled onion on there also, uh, which I could get down with that. It's it's just incredible. Okay, we've got a bracket here. This is going to be hard. Let's make them all winners. (laughs) I choose them all. We can't do that. We have short ribs versus beef tacos. (laughs) I hate this. I hate this. Short ribs versus tacos. It's impossible. No, it's not. It's possible. And you have to do it in three. Which one are we we just saying? We're just saying. Okay. Three, two, one. Short ribs. Come on, man. They're both amazing. (sighs) I could not imagine life without tacos, though. (laughs) Man. Let me me persuade you. Okay. Okay. Because of Try. all the different varieties of tacos we just mentioned, ground beef, 
brisket, shredded beef, uh, tongue, steak. You can do all these different varieties of tacos, which I think elevates it above what the, just the short rib, which is so amazing in and of itself. <laughs> but all the versatility that the taco brings you. There's Taco Tuesday. You don't hear of short rib Saturday, <laughs> although we should make that, we a, should thing. Make that a thing. Why aren't we having Come short on. rib Saturday or short rib Sunday? All right, we got to make a decision. Here we go. Short ribs, one to ten. Here we go. Three, two, one, Eight. ten. Eighteen tacos. Three, two, one, ten. <laughs> okay. Gets us nowhere. One to a hundred short ribs. Three, two, one. 195. So that's 185. Tacos, 3, 2, 1, 99. 97. I can't do that math. 87, 90, what? 9? 9. 99. I think 87. we have a tie at 185. No way. People who are really good at math. They're screaming at us. Hang on, I forgot what the numbers even were. 186. Tacos barely. Oh my by gosh, by one. one. By one scoots it out. Unless our math is wrong, but we don't care at this point. Uh, okay, ribeye steak versus roast beef. Three, yeah. two, one. Ribeye. ribeye. Yeah, not even close. I mean, it's they're both fantastic. Ribeye, way up. Okay, burger versus chili. <laughs> I'm in trouble. <laughs> um, okay, burger or chili. Three, two, one. Chili. Burger. All right, burger, one to ten. Three, two, one, seven. Ten. You did that on purpose. <laughs> you did that on purpose. <laughs> I, no, I, I feel seven is a great place for the burger. Mm-hmm. It's a, that's above average. Okay. Chili. Three, two, one, Eight. one. <laughs> Come on now. Come on now. I would I would give chili an eight. So that's a sixteen. Yes. And burger was seventeen. Okay. And so you know I'm not trying to cheat the system when I give it an 8 because I can't do math that well (laughs) to know if it it does it or not. Uh, Obviously, numbers. I have a problem with numbers. (laughs) Why'd you move burger ahead? I thought that's what we said. What did you give burger? I gave it a 10. You gave it a a 7. And then I gave chili an 8. And I gave it an 8. That's 16. Okay, yeah. Um, Okay, brisket versus meatloaf. 3, 2, 1. Brisket. brisket. I love meatloaf. Worthy to be on this list, but it's not. Okay. Uh, we got to get tacos and burgers out of the way. Three, two, one. Tacos. Burger. One to ten tacos. Three, two, one. Ten. Nine. Burgers. Three, two, one. Ten. Eight. Yeah, okay. I knew that wasn't going to go my way. Uh, all right, ribeyes yeah, versus brisket. We already know it's ribeye. Brisket's amazing, but ribeye goes ribeye versus taco. Uh, I mean, it's it's. I love tacos, <laughs> but I'm not giving up my ribeye steaks. So congratulations, ribeye. I knew this is where this was headed you, from yeah, from the very beginning. We all did. Uh, uh, when we hit we, record, I knew ribeye steak was going to be the the winner. We're gonna just kind of we're gonna. 
play this bug in the background because it really it, doesn't it, matter. It, it doesn't. We're really just doing this because chocolate chip cookies. You had a good run. You did. You, uh, it was fine. I'm crowning you the king of, Desser- of cookies. Yeah, maybe maybe all desserts. Yeah. That I I could get down with that, but I mean, I'm going to choose savory over sweet here. Char grilled, medium rare to medium. I I would hands down live the rest of my life to not have chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. To have ribeye steak. Yeah, winner. It's it's just running away with it, like Duke and Arkansas in the Elite Eight. That's right. And we're the adversary. It not was coming close. Ribeye steak. I have a feeling is going to make the Hall of Fame. This thing is going to be on. That's going to be really hard for it to be overtaken. Yeah. I mean, we've got Thanksgiving coming up. But I don't think there's anything Thanksgiving can throw at uh, a ribeye steak. I love turkey. I love macaroni and cheese. I love dressing. I love yeah. green bean. Ca- Ain't none of those. Mm-mm. No. If you told me, hey, for Thanksgiving this year, we're gonna, we're going to grow ribeye steaks. Be like, heck yeah, Sign let's get down with that. Let's go. All right, that's it. We got it. Ribeye steak reigning supreme. You're about to. Uh, we got to give it five weeks, but. You're, you're, it, it you're gonna feels, have a place. I, I'm yeah. pretty confident in this. What one. else has made it? Only it, two things. Your team success in Washington D.C., which still surprising, and I'm still s- salty about D.C. being there. I feel like something should have overtaken it at some point, but ribeye steak might have. It 100 percent would have. <laughs> I would have made sure of it. Uh, I would. I would take my team's success over. Yeah. Ribeye steak. I think. <laughs> Wouldn't you? It'd be closer. Way closer than cookies. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. oh, all right. You got anything else? I, I'm, I'm no, I nothing other than I got to go get the grill fired up. Oh yeah, oh yeah. All right, that'll do it for the best things. I'm Craig. I'm Aaron. We'll talk at you next time. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Best Things Podcast. If you like today's episode, subscribe, comment, and review wherever you're listening now. Don't forget. Connect with us on the socials at Best Things Pod, and you can hear your take on an upcoming episode.